Hi, I'm Diane Worthington from Women Beyond a Certain Age, and I am thrilled today to have with me Jamie Schler, correct Absolutely. pronunciation, yes. um, who has written a book that uh, I have enjoyed tremendously, and we are lucky enough to have you in our city today to chat with you about your wonderful book, which is called Orange Appeal. And I thought when I got this book, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, yoy, another book on one subject, trying to, well, not at all. It is so fantastic. You know, you have so many different variations, and you really show how this gorgeous piece of fruit, an orange, just can go through everything. And we're going to chat about that today. But first, ask you, um, in terms of your background, culinary background, share with us how you came to do this. Well, long story or short story, the long story is is that I grew up um, not cooking as much as eating. I've always been a, a, an eater. I've always been fascinated by, even from a little kid, uh, the way different flavors tasted together and different textures went together. And we ended up kind of kind of cooking because our mother hated to cook. Oh, so we have we that in, in common. The kitchen. Yeah, <laughs> but we never really cooked. I mean, this was Florida in the 70s. And okay, was, so that's you where know, you grew up. I grew up in Florida. The well, orange. The orange capital of the world, if I can say that to Californians. <laughs> I know. We were very upset when our orange groves became condos. <laughs> oh. Or, you know, they just, the orange groves, they were everywhere in the 50s and... Florida is definitely the orange capital. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, yeah. because, I mean, growing up in, uh, right next to the orange groves was, I mean, it was part of my culture. That was the, the best, one of the best memories was, you know, going over with, in the station wagon and going over to the groves and at, as soon as winter arrived, because right. we had to wait for winter, uh, and, and filling up those big brown paper grocery bags that you get at the supermarket, right. fill them with citrus you could just go to the trees them. and do it, or you paid to go on... No, that you would always go into the little shop, and yeah. they would fill them up for you. Ah. But you could go and pick them if you went with, like, a school group or, yeah. a, you know, a youth group from your church or synagogue. And then you could go and pick them, and then you would, you know, sell them for uh, to raise money for charity or school trip or whatever. Right. Um, you so, use them to cook when eat. N well, growing you... up, they were strictly for eating. Yeah. When I started this project, I went and, you know, over the years, I've kind of <clears throat> stolen all of my parents' cookbooks. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, okay, I'm going to go back and see what kind of orange recipes they have. How did you, well, first of all, oh, do you have a culinary background? No. Or, no. Um, my first uh, foray into that was actually I was working in the arts. I was working for art dealers in New York. Ah. And one of my bosses wrote a cookbook with a friend of hers. Uh -huh. And so I helped her do background research and do legal research about, you know, copyrights. And I developed and tested a few recipes for her. And that was your entree into the idea right. of cookbook. Right. So when I moved to France and kind of settled here, I got married and I became a resident. I actually found a, a job, and this was in the late eight, late 80s, mm -hmm. 70s, I'm not that old, um, <laughs> and uh, in, in French culinary tourism, uh, I found somebody who was an American who had started a culinary tourism business in Paris. He was the first person doing that, and I called him up and said, are you looking for an assistant? And he said, I actually am. Ah. 
I love a little when that side happens. story, which is funny because yeah. um, we had a journalist, a newspaper, an American newspaper journalist, a wine uh, wine journalist, come and stay at our hotel, and she brought someone, another American woman, with her uh, to kind of take her around and translate for her. And I talked to them one morning at breakfast, and I talked to them about this culinary tourism job I mm-hmm. had in the late seventies, early late eighties, early nineties. And the woman that she brought with her to translate for her was the woman I had replaced. Oh, hi, boy. Which was the freakiest thing. The world thing. is yeah. so small, isn't it? I mean, yeah. that is a typical... It's amazing. I bet that was a surprise to both of it you. It was really a surprise. But backing up... All right, so there was no um, uh, culinary uh, education. You didn't no, go to a culinary right. school or whatever. But right. you learned on the job. Well, I learned on the job. I became, I did culinary tourism, and part of the job was, was also the guy that I worked with had created an Anglophone, a nine-month intensive Anglophone program at a very prestigious French cooking school in Paris that gave the French culinary diploma. And he would go and translate for them, and he didn't want to do it anymore. So as soon as he, I started working for him, he said, you're going to go and be the interpreter for the class. Ah. So between... What I had to learn for to bring clients around on the tourism part, mm-hmm. and everything I learned following translating for these chefs during classes, I learned uh, a lot about that, French that cuisine. Was your- on the job training, really, that was my truly. Job. Mixed, <clears throat> mixed actually with marrying into a very, very traditional French family that made that, all the yeah. tra- all the traditional dishes. And I call, uh, this is what I call like seeing French food in its natural habitat. Mm-hmm. It's where you see how and why people cook what they do, how they serve it, how they share it. Oh, what an experience, yeah. Jamie. Wow. So you moved to France. Mm-hmm. You had these jobs. And I know that you have a hotel. Well, in between the culinary tourism and the hotel... We, um, in the, uh, in 1992, we moved to Italy, Milan, Italy, uh-huh. uh, for my husband's job, mm-hmm. and I decided to train as a milliner. So hat I maker? A hat maker. <laughs> in, um, you are a jack of many trades. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. It was a fantastic experience because it was the, um, like, Italy's oldest uh, millinery studio, fourth generation. Wow. They create hats for European royalty and stuff. So it was a lot of fun. It was really fascinating. I did that for a, a, even when I came back to France. So I you got back to France. You, be, you now can not only whip up a great meal, you decide to be a hotelier. Well, after I stopped making hats... <laughs> Oh no! Uh, yeah. Do we have another? Do we have another thing to share? Well, no. I that, that was that's a long yeah. on and off story. The millinery, and then I stopped and I stayed home, and I started to cook and bake a lot. And in two thousand and eight, my son, my older son and husband came to me and said, "We're sick of hearing you talk about food all the time. <laughs> We're starting you a food blog." That's where you began your. That's it, where yeah. I began. So and what I was it called? Life's a feast. I'm trying to kickstart it again. I remember um, this blog. Yeah, so that's where yeah. you began. All right, that's so how'd you get to the hotel? We got to talk about the book. Um, <laughs> the hotel was something that we had been, my husband and I had been talking about for since 2003, actually. Uh-huh. As kind of, uh, my, my husband is one of these people who started doing mission jobs that lasted five to seven years. And in between, he would have to start over looking for a new job. Mm-hmm. And every time it, 
got, you know, a little bit more difficult. Mm -hmm. And so buying our own business was a plan B to fall back on. I see. And hotel just made sense. We're multicultural, multilingual. You know, he does business. I've worked in tourism. And so... Yeah, it really is interesting how those come together. Yeah. Yeah. And so the second time around in 2014, we found ourselves in the same situation and... We said, well, I guess this is it. This is what we're going to do now. And so we looked for a hotel and found one. Tell us where it is. It's in Chinon, France, which is in the center in the Loire Valley, which is the valley of the Chateau. Right. And Chinon wines. Which I'm not that familiar with, I have to admit, Chinon wines. They're very good. I imagine. (laughs) Anything Anything wine in France is very good. So here we are. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at your fabulous book. How did it come about for you to decide to write that on oranges? Just oranges, oranges, oranges. Well, I had I actually signed with my agent, Martha Hopkins, when I bought the hotel because I wanted to eventually, and I will eventually, write a book about the hotel. That would be a great book, yeah. But when I signed with her, I wasn't ready to do it. We just purchased the hotel. Mm-hmm. And so we said, well, let's get your name out there anyway and get you some doing another project. And cookbook came up. And... I had been, you know, an expert in French cuisine for many, many years, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want to do a cookbook on French cuisine because there are too many people doing cookbooks on French cuisine. And so I looked around and I saw that citrus was starting to get to be a little trendy. And because I grew up in citrus country in Florida... It's like the light bulb went off. The light bulb went off, But not only citrus. We're not talking lemons, Meyer lemons. We're talking oranges. First of all, I'm addicted to oranges. I'm not an expert on oranges, but I'm an I'm an, an addict. You adore them. I, yeah. I eat at least two. I eat one after every meal, mm-hmm. every day. I've read because I've read a lot about their health benefits, and it's a lot more than vitamin C. But the most important thing to me is that there's a link between eating oranges every day and um, uh, well-being, emotional well-being. Wow, isn't that great? Okay. Especially we're going crazy to right times. after this I'm going to get oranges <laughs> and they are just going crazy in yeah. Los Angeles right now because it's cold. So what was the thing when the light bulb went off? I'm going to write a book on oranges. No, I started to notice I I started to look around to see what was going on in citrus and it was kind of all over the place. Even the the cookbooks that were coming out covered the whole range of citrus right from, right you know grapefruits and oranges and lemons and limes to really kind of more uh, exotic citrus fruits that not everybody has available <clears throat> to them ev- all wherever they live and I thought well this is great but you know there's what happens if you I mean why hasn't anybody done something kind of a deep dive into just one citrus fruit and oranges to me are it's maybe controversial to say this, but I think they're the most versatile, not just citrus fruit, but the most versatile fruit. They come in sweet, sour, bitter. Yes, they exactly. In, right. They come in... They're, I mean, well, when you compare a blood orange, for instance, to a Valencia orange, it's a whole different animal. Right. I mean, they have some of the same components to them in flavor, but they are very different. Mm-hmm. And so by... A, you know, kind of attacking this whole variety, you know, orange variety, the, the different ones, and made it probably very fun. Well, what made it really interesting is that an orange is one of the rare fruits. I mean, citrus, you can do this with all citrus, but oranges compared to the other fruits people cook and bake with, like apples and pears and right. cherries, 
You can use the whole fruit, you can use just the peel or the rind, you can use just the fruit itself inside the flesh, the juice, the zest, and then you can use, you know, candied candied orange peel right. and marmalade and orange blossom water and liqueur and orange extract. And all of them give a different a different aspect of the orange. Mm-hmm. Some are sweeter, some are have a bitter edge, some are add heat. That would have been so much, so much fun to explore all of this. Um, God, I'm looking at this one recipe and I just it just jumped out at me. I'm thinking, why do I think this would be so delicious with roast duck? Orange yeah. fig sauce. Absolutely. I've never thought of doing that, you know, when I've made orange oranges. So you use... Um, What's orange salt? You really did everything when you're making salt orangey. Well, yeah. I mean, you can make orange powder, which is basically you paper-thin slice oranges and you slow cook them in the oven until they get crispy and you grind it up. And you kind of can kind of use that in spice mixes where you need something That's lovely. Lovely. But you can take the zest and whiz it up with either salt or sugar. Yeah, you and can you have orange sugar or it. Right. So it gives that perfumed yeah. underlayer of flavor. Right. But I love the combo of the oranges with the, uh, well, you use a fig jam with it. Yeah. And this is really easy. This is just, I mean, I just open up the book because every every single page I just want to make. And I love the orange. So you have three tasty orange salad dressings. First of all, I love the sort of informality. They're tasty. I, I just love it. And I, the picture's know, great. So the, the talk thing, to me about the that. The thing about the salad dressings is I think they're my favorite recipes in the book, um, which is kind of, you know, some people might wonder about that because they're just so simple. But they're, I mean, you keep jars of them in the fridge and you just renew them and you use them all the time. Yeah, and day. they each have their own variant, you know, they're just d- slightly different. Yeah. The first one which has got buttermilk and creme fraiche along with balsamic and a lot of different herbs. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is an upscale version of ranch dressing if I ever saw one. Ooh, citrusy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. gorgeous with the, because you've also got the herbs with the citrus and then you have a rosemary orange vinaigrette and the orange mustard vinaigrette uh, I made, it's delicious. And of course, Dijon mustard. Do you, just as an aside, do you prefer the whole grain or the Dijon uh, that is smooth? I, I prefer the smooth, personally. Yeah, I'm a big whole grain yeah. person. I don't know why, but... Um, <laughs> you just, you know, so now we're into soups. And uh, orange, you know, you do a red lentil and carrot soup. And the orange, what does that do? It just... I love it. Yeah, it just adds a... Well, you know... It, it it adds a that it adds a little fruitiness to it, mm-hmm. which is which is fun and and refreshing. It adds a refreshing side to it. I mean, really, how about that? You did a pea and oh, shiitake God. orange that's, risotto. That's so you, crazy. Yeah, it is crazy because no one would think that that would be something you would do with an orange, well, right? Well, what I, what I what I did was I figured at some point during the process I figured well anything that. Any recipe, whether it's a dough, a bread dough, a pie dough, a soup, a risotto, a panna cotta, uh, a cake batter, anything that has liquid oh, in the okay. recipe. Oh, okay. That's a really water, interesting... Water, broth, wine, uh, milk. Orange is going to marry cream. well with it? Well, no, but you can replace some or all of the liquid with orange juice. Gotcha. But it's not only that. Don't you do some things that just have the zest, for instance, or they always, all, all, you know... 
Yeah, but I... I Primarily. I, well, I like to add... If I can add a little juice as well, I do. Yeah, just it's because it's like I another shot of yeah, flavor. Yeah, but that's crazy because it's the first time that I tried... Uh, mixing uh, mushroom, pairing mushroom with orange. And the shiitake, I love shiitake because they're very meaty. Yes. But you kind of pre-caramelize them, you start cooking them in the pan, and then you glaze, you, you finish cooking them with orange juice in a pan, and they glaze. And that's incredibly... Yummy. Crazy, <laughs> wild, yummy. Deliciousness. Yeah. yeah. You know what else I love? Now, I lived in Paris for uh, a year in my 20s, but we spent a lot of time with Belgian endive. They love them. Yeah, it's a biggie there. Yeah. I mean, you know, we would have it gratinéd with the Gruyere and the creme fraiche. I happen to love your recipe for orange braised Belgian endive with caramelized onions and bacon. So you're using these ingredients in very classic ways, but when they mm -hmm. all come together, it has this extra edge to it. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any recipes in here that you know, you just, well, well I'm going to tell you my favorite in a minute, but uh, I, I hate it when people ask me, what's your favorite recipe? But of course I'm going to say, what, is there something in this book that when you think about it, that just sort of jumps out at you? And that, you know, in terms of what you created, developed, learned, anything that comes up? Um, well, that's so many different questions. Yeah, well, um, that's true. That's true. All right, so... Well, well the, th the most important thing I learned was I started this process thinking, okay, people cook and bake, people who love to cook and bake, cook and bake with fruit all year round. They through the spring, summer, autumn, and then they kind of stop at the winter, okay? And they go into soup to, mode. Yeah, well, it's they don't look at citrus the same way they, they look at all the other fruits, maybe lemons. But, okay, I started saying, I'm going to create such great recipes that people realize they can take the winter fruit, orange, and cook with fruit through the winter. But what I, and my recipe testers, I had like 15 recipe testers for really? this book. Fantastic. Yeah, they really helped me. Did you have like a process. sheet that you gave them, or how did they? Uh, you know, I, I'm lazy, so no. I We had a Facebook page, and we just communicated. Oh, that's so interesting. We yeah. shared pictures. We uploaded pictures of everything we made, and people discussed them, and they could ask each other questions. I love that. And I realized yeah. that we realized that halfway through the testing, People started putting up stuff saying, you know, I just was making dinner last night and I was making this dish or this rice dish or this whatever I've been making for 20 years. And I saw my pile of oranges waiting for a recipe to test and I thought, I'm just gonna add oranges to this. Their fish marinade and their rice dishes and their everything. And I realized that we had stopped thinking of the orange as just a fruit and started thinking of it as an ingredient, a flavoring As a agent, flavoring, exactly. Yeah, and, and you know, you think about it. Yeah, it completely changed our our whole approach to this. Yeah, it really makes sense because when I think of oranges and I'm cooking, I mean, I make a fabulous orange olive oil cake. Mm. Uh, oranges in desserts, always using them for desserts, but I hadn't, and yeah, and salad dressings maybe, but certainly not to the level of this. And now that we are in uh, the winter, almost. Um, they're really at their height to me, the yeah. or oranges. Um, I, I just am so excited about all the possibilities. I mean, curried cod poached in coconut milk, lime, and orange. This is a recipe. My sister-in-law came to stay with us for a few days while I was developing recipes for the book. 
she had lived in Tahiti for a couple of years, and uh, every time she comes to visit, she said she cooks one meal for us. And she said, oh, I'm going to cook this traditional Tahitian dish that I learned when I was there. Wow. And it's uh, curried coconut milk with lime, a lot of lime, like the juice of six limes. It's really tart. And I'm watching her make it, and I'm thinking, can I add orange juice to this? And we kind of divided the recipe in two and made one with just the limes and one with the orange. And adding the orange was just It just fantastic. totally took it to a different level. Right. Plus, yeah. weirdly enough, it tempered the tartness of the limes. Yeah. No, I think it makes total sense. Oh, my God. If, if you like oranges, I just have to say orange appeal is really something to think about getting this book because you'll just be in heaven. That's all I can say. And I have to tell you that my favorite uh, recipe was the, is it the blood orange loaf or the orange yeah. loaf? Yeah, with yogurt, yeah. Yes. With oh, glaze. my God. It is, you know, I couldn't make it enough, and it would be gone. Anybody that came by, oh, where'd you get this? That alone, that recipe is worth <laughs> worth everything. Jamie, I can't thank you enough for joining us today, and I wish you continued success. Thank you. And enjoy France. I wish I was there with you. Come visit. <laughs> I will. Be there for, I'll be there for a while. Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.